People looked forward to him. The Old Testament prophesied. People were waiting. When's the light of the world coming? Where I'm, I'm looking for this light. Who is it? Is it that guy? No, that guy doesn't fit the criteria. Is it him? Is it John the Baptist? Maybe. No, no, it's not John the Baptist. Is it Jesus? We found the light of the world. He's a baby. He grew into a man. And when he was a man, as he started his ministry, he started this thing called the Sermon on the Mount, something significant happened. And I want to take you there right now. So we're, we're coming from Matthew chapter 5 and, um, and verse 14 through 16. Uh, here's what it says. You are what? The light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. Everybody say shine. Shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So I noticed a few things. I don't know if you, if you caught that, but right off the bat, I was saying, yo, Jesus is the light of the world, right? He's, he was prophesied about that, and Jesus himself said, hey, I am the light of the world. That was a title that he had, he gave to himself. He, he uh, reinforced the fact that that was his title, one of his many names, and also people said that about him, that he is the light of the world. But then he's talking to his disciples, and he says, you are the light of the world. And when I read that, I'm thinking, wait a second, Jesus, I thought you were the light of the world. You just said, I'm the light of the world. But then he gets to this crowd of people, including his disciples, and he says, you are the light of the world. There is a recommissioning. There is an entitlement that he gives to us that changes the game for everything. And so in preparing for this, I read this and I felt like, you know, when I prepare messages, I try to dig into scripture. I try to study more and find really the context of the passage. I try to find really what is he saying in, in, in this context, not just about how it makes me feel initially, but I try to dig deeper. And as I de- dug deeper and deeper, I felt the message was getting challenging and challenging and less uh, typical of a Christmas message. Because usually when you come for Christmas, you bring your grandma and your cousin and you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a really good, feel-good message that's going to give me a good pat in the back. Well, not exactly the way it panned out today um, because I don't feel like God was leading me to give you a pat on the back and give you a lovey, cheerful message, although I will send it through the filter of love. I feel like it's a message that could be not a pat on the back, but a slap in the face maybe. Um, although in love, I don't know if you can slap someone in the face in love. Um, so, so I'm prepping you in that this may step on your toes and that may push you to a place where you're a little bit uncomfortable. And I'm prepping you in that because so often we need to get to a place where we're not comfortable. I think if we're all always comfortable, I don't think he, Jesus ever said that, that he promised us to, to be comfortable. He never promised that place of comfort and, and and where there's, there's no uh, persecution, there's no, nothing prodding against you, because in the discomfort, we grow. So I'm, I'm praying that you receive this in that way. So here's what he says in Scripture, um, and I'm praying that, that you allow truth, not just something I say. I, I, I pray that you hear the truth of the gospel, the truth of the Word of God, because I want you to know that I'm not the mouthpiece of God I'm not the one place, see in Old Testament you had to come hear what the priest said because the priest was the only one that could enter into the temple. The priest was the only one that could hear from God, 
But the Old Testament, Jesus came, that's not true. You can go listen to the same God I'm listening to. You don't just have to come and wait to see what, what Lauren heard on Sunday or Caleb heard and let him, let him tell me on Sunday. But guess what? Every, 24-7 you have access to the same God I'm talking to. And the, I'm very thankful for that because I don't even want that kind of pressure on my life. Um, so, so I want you to, to know that, that this is just me examining where, what God spoke to me through the word of God, which is truth. And so I see that. He says, you're the light of the world. And he, and he starts talking. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put the light up. And you don't, you don't put it under a bowl. And you don't, uh, you, know, you don't throw it under the bed. You don't put a towel on it, a blanket on it. But what do you do? If, if the light's supposed to do its purpose, you put it up. So it can shine bright for people to see. And this is the challenging part. Uh, he's in he, the way he describes what your light means, he says, shine your light that they may see your good deeds. So here's, here's what I'm, I'm challenged with. If we're failing to shine our light for him, then I question whether we're following Jesus at all. Because I, I feel like this this passage. Sometimes we read things, it's like, hey, that's a good suggestion to do. That's encouraging. Maybe I'll get around to doing that. But I'm kind of working on some other things in my faith right now. But I believe when in, in Scripture, when it says faith without works is what? It's dead. And so is that faith alive? No, it's dead. So is it real faith at all? These are the questions I ask myself, and so that makes me ask the question, well, if faith without works is dead, then if I don't have works, then if I'm not doing anything for Jesus, if I'm not doing good deeds so people can see, if I'm not shining my light, am I actually following Jesus? That's the question I've been asking this week, and that's the question I really want to ask you, is is if you're not letting your light shine, there's there's no TV in there, whatever happened to that? If you're not letting your light shine, and the passage isn't even up there anyways, it's just, just good for me to do this. If you're not letting your light shine, are you really following Christ? If you're not doing good deeds, if you're not loving others, if you're not putting, sacrificing yourself and putting the needs of others before your own, are you really following Jesus? Now, I want to clarify something real right off the bat because this is dangerous ground. This is, uh, this is uh, I'm on thin theological ice right now if you know what I'm saying, because here's something I want to clarify 100%. Your salvation is not earned. Your salvation is not done by good works. So right now, if you're saying, man, I'm distant from God, I don't know if I'm going to spend eternity with him. I'm not, gonna, I'm not sure if, where I'm going to, what would happen if I died. Right now, there's, there is, the payment for salvation was paid on the cross. You don't have to do anything. Your salvation is not earned. You don't, go have, you don't have to go help a bunch of grandmas across the street. You don't have to do enough things to, to say, man, I did a good enough job for enough bad things. To, uh, to, and then the good things actually weigh out the bad things, so I'm good. Man, there's no scales of that because Jesus paid it all. And so your, your salvation is by faith. It's simply by believing that you receive the grace of Jesus. It says, I'm, I'm covering all your sin. Your sin is 100% forgiven, and you have eternity with me. You have reconciliation with me. The sin that gets in between me and you are, is now covered, and he bridges that gap. So I want to make, make that perfectly clear, that it's not earned, that you cannot earn your salvation. Many people believe that. 
But I always ask that question, well, how do you balance the two? Because we've all done bad things. We've all lied. We've all steal. We all cheated. We all have done bad things. No one is without sin. So, and, and how do you, you measure the two? How many thing, good things do you have to do to outweigh the bad things? Those scales just don't make sense. You just can't do it. And so your salvation is free. But I believe the evidence of that, see, see the evidence, it's not, it's not what, what earns your salvation. It's a result of your salvation. It's the fruit of your salvation. It's the evidence, that the physical evidence that you see in your faith, that you say, I'm putting my trust in God, and now people can see that I'm living my life differently. Now people can see that I'm shining my light, and according to Matthew 5, I'm doing good deeds. Now that is talking about works. See, there's the balance there. The, the word works. It's saying like, okay, hey, you don't earn your salvation through works, but it's shown through works. You, get, you, you find it through faith in Christ, and it's free. It's not earned, but it's a result of your salvation. It's a result of you truly following Jesus. Here's what um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said in this book from over 100 years ago called The Cost of Discipleship. I keep looking over there. It says, the flight into the invisible is a denial of the call. A community of Jesus, which seeks to hide itself, has ceased to follow him. And that's kind of the thesis of my message today, is if we're hiding ourselves, if we're not letting our light shine, then we're ceasing to really follow him. Because that's the evidence of our salvation. And so I'm honestly concerned with a lot of us. Um, I, I'm, I'm concerned for the entire church that a lot of us say, man, I believe in Jesus and I go to church every once in a while, but where, are, where is your works? Where is your faith in action? What have you done to love others? What have you done to put others before yourself? What have you done to truly sacrifice self to say, I'm not worried about me? But I'm, I'm loving God, the first commandment, and the second commandment that, is, that, that sums up of all commandments is to love others, to love your neighbor, to love those around you, to love your enemies, to love everybody as you loved yourself, and to, to put others before you. And so I ask that question, are you really doing that? Are you letting your light shine? Are you loving others? Are you putting others before yourself? And so... I wanted to clarify that, and then I wanted to bring this into context. Um, so Jesus, in this, in this passage, Matthew 5, what's, what's happening? It's the Sermon on the Mount. And, and he gives this title of the light of the world. And it, for those of you who watched Spider-Man, you know, with, uh, with great power comes what? Responsibility, yes. And with the title of the light of the world, that's a lot of power, and it comes great responsibility. Thank you, Uncle Ben. But... It's a commissioning, and so we have that responsibility. So like when you get a new job, and you have this title, is you are the assistant to the regional managers. Like, wow, I got this title, and I'm going to do something with it. I got a title, and I'm going to do something with it. And, so, and similarly, he then gives the use of this title as light of the world. And as I mentioned earlier, Jesus was looked forward to as the light of the world, and all of a sudden, that flip-flopped, that changed from us looking to say, okay, Jesus is the one that's the light of the world. We have to go and see him. But, but a beautiful thing is as he gives us the light of the world, is he's saying that we aren't supposed to generate our own light. 
And, and here's, here's the, the catch. If you're, this, is, this is the important part to catch of the sermon. We're not supposed to create our own light. We're simply supposed to reflect our light. So this morning I looked up and there was an ama- as we were setting up, there's an amazing full moon right here on the west side uh, just coming up or going down. I don't know how the solar system works exactly, but it was, doing, it was over there. And, uh, but I do know this, that the, that the moon does not generate any light. Just like the earth, we don't have, we don't have any, it's not, a, the, the moon isn't producing any energy, it's not producing heat, it's not producing anything that, can, that, that has light. But it's simply reflecting the light of the sun, right? Right, someone, someone tell me I'm right because I'm a little concerned. Okay, so it's just reflecting the light of the sun, and in the same way the moon reflects the light of the sun, we are called not to produce our own light, we're called to reflect the light of the Son of Man. We're called to reflect the light of the Son of God, we're called to reflect the light of Jesus. As we put our faith in Him, He pr- pushes our light, He push, puts His light in us, and we're simply re- supposed to reflect it. We're not supposed to try to create our own light. And that's why I believe it should come naturally. It'll put you on, in, I'm not saying it's going to be always comfortable. It's going to push you to do stuff, man, good deeds. Maybe you're not used to that. It's called to push us outside of our comfort zone. But it's, it's not something that's coming from ourselves. It's not something we try to have to muster up and, and produce in ourselves. It's simply we're reflecting what he's put in us. So real quick, I want to challenge you with two things. I'm asking uh, two questions that I've, I've asked. Because I think, man, we all have this good intention. We all want to love people. We hear these stories about people serving others, that, and it's just inspiring with generosity, with putting others first. And we say, I want to do that. But if you're making an honest analysis, an honest evaluation of where your life is and in terms of what we're talking about today, you're like, I'm not really doing much. If that's you today, I'm asking this question of, man, what's the cause of that? Because I'm not going to sit here and point fingers at you and say, hey, you're not really following Jesus. You're not really living your life. I'm asking you to ask those questions. And I'm, I'm, my prayer is to stir up those thoughts. But I'm also asking these questions to stir up some thoughts. Is What is the reason we hide our light? Or what hides our light? And I have a few, few suggestions for you. And then I'm going to ask question number two. I think what hides our light is this thing. Is one of them is called analysis paralysis. So we're paralyzed by analyzing. We're, we, we're stopped because we look at how am I going to do this? You think, man, I really want to love on my neighbor, but then he's probably going to think this. I don't want to be weird. I don't want to do this. And what if he does this? And what if he does this? See, my friend wrote this book recently, and he, he just went after it. And in the book, I think it's amazing because he was just a normal guy. And he says, you know what? I'm going to write a book. And he wrote a book within three months. He just said, I'm going to write 100 or 1,000 words every day and then chop them back and take out the good stuff. And, and he did it. And part of the book is so inspirational because he talks about the words, what if? And he says those words can be taken. It's, it's a game changer how you use those words. Because you can use those words about like, hey, what if my neighbor thinks I'm weird? Hey, what if I go out and, 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 my, and I do something awesome and my coworkers and they all just reject me and I just get turned down and I just feel super discouraged? And what if that happens? And what if, but you can also use those words as an incredibly positive, incredibly encouraging aspect. And you could say, man, what if 
I go out of my way and do something for my neighbor? And what if he was actually going through something just in that moment and he sees the light of Jesus in me and he not only gets through his situation knowing that I'm there for him, but then he sees the light and he says, you know what, I want to know a little bit more about Jesus. And what if he finds the peace, the joy, the life, the freedom that's in Jesus and that stirs onto his whole, in his whole family? And what about if a result of that, he tells his other neighbor about that? Could you imagine if you start saying what if in the right way and stop saying, saying, man, I'm, I'm analyzing, I'm analyzing, what if this, what if this, and we stop? What if we actually take a step forward and say, hey, I'm not going to worry about the what ifs in the negative way, but I'm going to dream. And I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to stop choosing and stop, stop waiting for the right moment to present itself to do good. Just do it. Just be like Nike and do it and say, hey, what if I get rejected? Oh, well, what if the, my neighbors think, me, think I'm weird? They probably already do. I'm just going to let you know that. Don't worry about the what ifs in your life. Avoid analysis paralysis. The second thing I believe that hides your light is dead faith. And I was talking about that, is that, man, we, it's not genuine faith. It's not living, active. It's not faith that's alive. And so challenge yourself if you truly believe in Jesus it's going to result in doing good, work, doing good works. And the third thing I believe that hides our light is fear. And I love how Caleb talked about that last week. If you missed that message, I encourage you to check that out. Um, and realizing that as we have the light, the king of light, and the son of man, son of God, we have Jesus in our life that he eliminates fear, that his voice, when we hear his voice, it eliminates fear and doesn't hide our light. I'm praying right now you're thinking about things that you can do for others. What is the stand? That's the second question. And, you know, what is the stand or like how do we, how, how do we shine our light? Um, this is what I want to encourage you with how, is how do we shine our light? Number one is that you spend time with the king of light. You spend time with the king of light and as that happens, he reflects you more. So if you read in, um, in Exodus, you, you hear about Moses and I was talking about this earlier, about how he was the one that went up and talked to God and then came back and told everybody what was up, what God had to say. And as he was spending time with God, he went up to Mount Sinai, it was a common place for several years that he met with God, where he, where he heard the Ten Commandments. It was also in the tabernacle, but in this scenario, he went up to, and spent time with God and he came down and, people, and he had to hide his face, he had to clothe his face because his face was so radiant and I believe we're not, often we're not really shining the light of Jesus because we haven't spent time talking to him. And I say talking to him because we often think prayer is this, this ritualistic thing that we do that we have to have the right language to, to know. But I want to encourage you, it's simply talking to Jesus. So if you're here and you're saying, man, I'm not really spending enough time because I feel like I feel so distant, just have a conversation with God and spend time with him and let that light reflect Second thing is this, is uh, put your faith into action. Um, like I said, analysis paralysis, just do something. This is what people will see. This is the light. Many people think, man, it's just our words. People say, man, it's just like, hey, people will, will hear me by my faith. They'll see it in me. But they'll see it in you as we look at Scripture through your good deeds, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God. The greatest commandment. Is to love God, and the second is like it, is to love people. To love God, and so if we really love God, then we're going to love people, and when we love people, that's going to show in our actions. And love is, love is a verb, right? Love is not just this emotion, but if we love 
others, we're going to do something. If I love my wife, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to let myself become less and put her needs above mine. If I love my neighbor, I'm going to lower my needs and lower my wants and and focus on how I can bless them. And I want to encourage you with a few things that are happening. I uh, just caught word of this rumor going around in the church. No, it's not a rumor, but I did catch wind of something that was happening in our church, and it didn't make me upset at all. It made me filled with joy, especially in this season. I found that a group of our women at our church have gathered together to bless a single mom in our church that, uh, that is, doesn't have the ability to, uh, to really bless her kids with, with presents. And um, so they're not only giving her gift cards and presents, but they're also giving her uh, Christmas dinner. And so I celebrate that. I don't know who you are, ladies. My wife just told me about it. But can we give it up for our church that's just going above and beyond and blessing people in need? And that's exactly what I'm talking about. And, and I say put your faith in action and just do something about it. Quit, don't just say, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? This isn't going to work. That, what if they do this? And just try something. And maybe it doesn't work. You try something else. Put your faith into action and do something about it. Uh, a huge way I'm going to encourage you, and I believe that this is significant for our city of West Sacramento and the churches coming together. Uh, you may have heard of the Mercy Coalition and the Winter Warming Centers that has happened. Come on, if you're part of that, make some noise. It's pretty exciting. And so what we're doing is we see, we see a need and we say we're going to put together the church of West Sacramento. It's not one church, but a, over a dozen churches in West Sacramento are coming together and saying, man, we don't want to, we want to meet this need of people sleeping in freezing cold weather, and we're going to not only house them at our churches, but we're going to feed them and love on them and minister them and provide needs for them, do their laundry and all these kinds of things that is blessing our community. And we as a church have gotten somewhat involved with it, but I want to encourage, like a few, like maybe a dozen people from here have, have signed up to serve. I want to encourage you to sign up to serve. We're doing this for the next several months, and you can go to the Winter Warming, uh, go to Mercy Coalition. If you search that in Google, and it'll come up, and you can sign up for any shift. So this isn't just a project church thing. This is a dozen different churches in West Sacramento, and we're finding them, in, and this is uh, permitted, and they even got a grant from the city to do this because they saw that what we're doing is actually meeting a need. And so if you're wondering how you can really help I want to encourage you to, to check that out, Mercy Coalition, and join in on the winter warming centers and bless our homeless uh, neighbors here. The last thing is this, and then I'm going to close in prayer, in, is how you do it, how we shine our light, is we operate in his power. He's given us the title of the, hey, we are the light of the world, and with that with that power comes great responsibility. We're supposed to do something. The title creates power. The power has responsibility. And I think there's a lot in a name. Um, sometimes we could just, you know, we have our name. We're not sure what it means, but there's a lot in our name. and We can feel empowered in our name. And I want to share a quick story with you. Um, when I was in probably junior high up to like my uh, freshman year in high school, Every day after school, I went, uh, I was part of this boxing club, and I went to the boxing club and practiced and practiced and sparred and worked the mitts and hit the speed bag and rolled my gloves and jumped rope, and I was, I was put in hours and hours and hours, and I barely ever got any fights because there just wasn't a lot happening in my small town. Um, but the time came, and this is going to blow you guys away. Some of you are like uh, wrestling and uh, 
uh, MMA fans. So Ken Shamrock himself, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, who's actually a pretty, uh, pretty prominent figure in the wrestling world, is from my hometown for some reason. I don't know why. From my hometown of Susanville, California. And there was this big event that they were doing, and me and this other, other kid my age were like the main event for this thing. Like, that was, the biggest, that was as big as we could get, is me and this other kid, and Ken Shamrock was going to ref the fight. So I can put it on my bucket list that Ken Shamrock, uh, a nationally known uh, world, I don't know what he, I, I'm not a really big fan to be honest, but he was there, <laughs> and, um, and he was my, he was refing the fight. And so they kind of made it a big, big deal, and they said, okay, so you're going to need, they, my, my coach called me up and he said, hey, they're asking for a song for you to come into the match with. I was like, that's awesome. Like, it's going to be like a big deal. Like, I get to pick a song that I get to walk into. So don't judge me, but I picked Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses, okay? <laughs> and it was pretty awesome. But then they asked me this next question. They say, okay, you need a name. Like, my name's Lauren. Like, that's not, that's not good enough. And it's like, no, you need, like, a nickname, you know, like, something, something to, like, give you some. I'm like, okay. And, like, I literally thought of this on the spot. I'm like, all right, Lauren Lightning Zamora. What? It sounds, it sounds pretty good. Because all you're going to see is a flash of lightning and you're out. Um, and that's what they called me for the rest of my life. No, but so, so they, called that, they called that name. And the hundred, the thousand. The dozens of people that were in the audience just erupted in applause. Lauren Lightning Zamora. Uh, but I, and I went into the ring, and I actually lost that fight, but I've overcome that uh, part of my life. I share that because of this. Because I, felt, I, I gave myself that name. But I remember as he announced that name and I walked into the ring, I remember thinking, yeah, Lauren Lightning Zamora. That's who I am. That's my name. That's the title I've got. I want to let you know that I was operating in that power, that there's this power, this mindset that comes from saying, man, this is what, what I am. This is my name. This is what I, my title is. And there's power in that. I want to let you know that Jesus, as he said it to his disciples, he's saying this to you. He's saying to all the followers, he's saying, if you're following me, you are the reflection of me. You are the light of the world. You can operate in that power. And we're going to close. I'm going to ask the, uh, the band to kind of come up right now. And I want to just ask this to kind of reflect on this a little bit. Is what are you doing? My, my pastor growing up used to say, what on earth are you doing for heaven's sake? You know, what are you doing to glorify God? Because you, you see in the scripture, it's such a powerful thing. He says, people will see your good deeds. And not just that good deed will, will glorify God, not just you glorifying God with your actions, but it's causing people will see your good deeds and they themselves will glorify God. That's how you're going to see. That's how you're spreading the light of the world. And so what we're going to do right now is I'm, I'm going to just challenge you to reflect on this. Um, we're going to kind of do something as a symbol, another symbol. We did communions symbolically and we have these candles because that's something we like to do at Christmas time is have candles. And we, didn't, we don't have uh, real fire because we don't trust you guys and your pyromaniac is going to burn down the place. Um, but we have uh, battery-operated candles that we're passing out right now. 
And we're just going to sing this song about the light of the world, that he is the light of the world. But I want you to think this through as we're singing these words of giving glory to the light of the world. I want to ask you the question of, are you being the light of the world? And then I want you to just kind of hold that candle up and I really think of the powerful power behind it, that you are shining your light. You're not putting it underneath. Yeah, you can start lighting those up. They're coming around. So you're not going to put that underneath, but you're going to hold that up and saying, hey, I'm the light of the world. I'm a big deal. Jesus thinks I'm a big deal because he gave me this title of light of the world. So uh, as you receive those, go ahead and stand up with us and let's just sing this song out. Wherever you're at, wherever you find yourself and say, maybe I have been being a light or maybe you haven't, I want you just to, to raise us up and sing to him and say, man, I'm giving you glory. I'm going to let my light shine. Let's sing that up.